The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, hi. Welcome, everybody. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I am your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak, the visual workplace. (laughs) In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work through visual devices, how to install the language of our current understanding of how our operations work through visual devices, through visual systems, and make it very concrete. By way of these devices, by way of these systems, we can literally see how we think. And we can predict how that, func- how that thinking will function. In fact, that is the purpose of these devices, to make our thinking function. We capture it in devices. And that serves as a platform. As we create our first layer of visual devices to capture the operational details of our work, we use that as a platform to see more detail and to build more and more vital information into the workplace. And why do we bother? We bother for the incredible bottom line benefits. Yes, improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs. We often see a 15%. We almost always see a 15% percent increase in throughput and you know the price you pay for even a six or seven percent or three percent increase but this happens because information when it is missing creates a tremendous amount of struggle in the workplace and so when we start building that information in the struggle goes away struggle we don't even notice it is simply our busyness we are simply busy not working we're busy chasing down information that is invisible because it actually isn't there. So we go after it. We go after it again and after it again and after it again. All this tiny, tiny, tiny detail. But in a visual workplace, we embed that information so it's available and we can literally do the dance of work. Bottom line benefits are incredible. It is a completely new way of structuring work. And we also have, as a second powerful benefit equal to the first, splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce. I'm going to be talking a lot about that today, about how visuality actually builds not just engagement, but a deeper, deeper level of commitment. And we also enjoy ourselves at work. Another great benefit of the visual workplace. The enterprise becomes increasingly aware of itself increasingly vocal, if you will. It speaks, and we can simply do the dance of work. Oh, wonderful. So welcome, welcome. And you know, this we are in our fifth year of this show. We're about to go into our sixth year. We have always been a call-in show. The number is 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. And it becomes a call-in show. When you call in, you call in and we start talking. Okay, so it's the ball is in your court. It's calling in with a comment. It's calling in with a question. It's calling in with a story of your own. All of that is good. 866-472-5790. Okay, and we're going to begin today's show right after just a few announcements. I have a few things to say. I'm kind of taking the summer off. I think we'll do one, maybe even two training of trainers. That's a whole week of training and in 
both cases, it'll be on work that makes sense. But for the most part, I'm taking the summer off to work on a new project and or if this project, I'm pretty sure this project's going to happen to continue work on my next book, Visual Leadership. Writing is one of my favorite things to do, so I can hardly call it work. You know, this is, we're all given gifts, and when we, ha- when we have a chance to exercise them, well, it's really no work at all. It's just flow and connectedness, and I like it very much. I love to write. I also want to tell you that we have two events scheduled, two public events scheduled in Mexico, near Mexico City in October. We're going to be working with Abel Gomez with his OPEX group, which is the Shingo group in Mexico. We have one host plant lined up right now. We're going to be looking for a second one. We'll do a visual thinking seminar and a visual site assessment. And I want to let you know, if you are interested in being the second plant, you don't need to be a benchmarking visual workplace plant. You need to have started the journey towards visuality. Maybe you just have a very strong 5S in place. Great. You don't have to have the full spectrum of visual functions. That's the whole idea, to learn something from the seminar. And as we do the assessment and we do it together, we help you map out what's next. So there's lots of great learning. And it's a public seminar, meaning that other companies participate. So they're learning too. They're learning from me. They're learning from you. So don't think you don't qualify. Get in touch. We'll have an exchange, and we promise you that you will not be embarrassed by your current state. You will be applauded for it, and we will build on that. So please don't disqualify yourself. In fact, think this is a great opportunity for my plant. If you want to have it on site just for your company, that's possible too, and we'll work all of that through our friend Abel, fabulous leader in Mexico of continuous improvement and also shingo-based. I want to encourage you on your journey to visuality. The seminars are always important. You need that foundation, but you can get it in some other ways. And we offer a lot of them free. Some of them require an investment, but let me just name a few, a kind of a mix. We have our free podcasts. You know, I'm going into my sixth year. We have hundreds of commercial free podcasts. They're grouped in bundles on our website, Visual Workplace. Dot com. Just click on podcast library and you'll see lots of them. You can download them, listen to them in the radio, on the radio when you're doing your chores, listen to them at work if you want, listen to them, to them with a group. But they're very, very high quality teaching podcasts. There are some interviews, but frankly, I have favored the teaching part over the interviews because I want to keep refining my understanding and your understanding of visuality so that it's very, very clear and very doable. That's, that those are free. Also free are our newsletters. Visual Thinker newsletter comes out every week. I write a new article. We have a beautiful library of them. They're completely searchable. This is the wonderful work of Horatio Fairburn, who's our technical manager and really just an extraordinary, he makes an extraordinary contribution to you and to me. And this is an example. Just click on articles on our website, visualworkplace.com. You can read them. You can share them. You can print them out. They're lovely pictures many visual devices. There's hundreds of them. We're now uh, about to enter our third year of writing uh, this newsletter. The newsletter is the brainchild of Cindy Linden, who is our VP of communication, and she does a marvelous job. And every week there's a visual treat and there's a visual fail and there's all kinds of really cool stuff. Plus our announcement about the radio show and the article that I write special every week. Believe me, it's every week, (laughs) no matter what, come rain or shine. And if you want to invest some money, then you can certainly get a license in our Work That Makes Sense training system for operators, 12 powerful modules of learning. Happy to send you a flyer on this if you want more detail. Happy to let you preview some of the modules. This is to turn your operators into scientists of motion and inventors of visuality. This is my best work for operators, really outstanding to cultivate a system of thinking and to cultivate a continuous improvement work culture through visuality. We also do a training of trainers. When you participate in that, you get five days of deep dive training into the materials and how to support and how to plan and 
there's a special operator session, and then there's also the licenses included. So I want to mention one more resource, and that will be our free video gallery that's right on our homepage of our website. There are six or seven videos in that gallery. They're completely free. You can watch them solo or with a group, and they will help you. They are about the principles and practices of visuality. While they don't represent a training in my book, they inter- they represent a very, very good introduction. I'm very proud of these. We want them to be useful to you. They take a lot of time and energy, and we give them to you freely. Okay, there's our announcements for today. And now we will begin our topic, the hero within, eye-driven visuality. And what I said in the announcement is, what would it be like if you, if every manager, supervisor, every CEO committed to a single cultural outcome, making every employee a hero in their own eyes, a hero in their own eyes, what would change as a result? What would have to change? How would you do it? Well, that's what I want to share with you this week. This will take several shows. But I want to share my view with you on why becoming a hero at work is important and how visuality can help to make that happen. At the core of each of us is a deep and abiding need, a desire, a yearning to contribute, to share, to share something of value, even to create something of value. Not just in our everyday lives, but also at work and especially at work. There is a hero within. We want to master. We want to excel. We want excellence in our lives, in our work lives. This can be accomplished and has been accomplished in my experience by implementing workplace visuality because visuality is a language so practical and because it is eye-driven, which I'm going to begin to unnest. And let's pick this up after our first break. I'll be here when you get back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. 
Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and welcome back to The Visual Workplace. We're in our second segment, and we are talking about the hero within eye-driven visuality. And just before the break, I was saying that implementing workplace visuality works in this regard, and it's my job to show you over the next couple of shows. It is a language, it is practical, it is eye-driven And it answers the question of what would it be like to make an outcome of every boss's job description to ensure that people become heroes at work in their own eyes. You know, there's a book called David Copperfield. It's written by uh, Charles Dickens. And in this book, which is a classic, David, David Copperfield, is pondering his young life. And in the quiet of his heart, he's walking along a beach. In the quiet of his own heart, he asks, will I be the hero of my own life? He's a young man. And over the next 400 pages, David proceeds to discover the answer to that question in the trials and adventures of becoming a man in 19th century England. David's question is our question. Though quietly forgotten as we grow older, When each of us is young, this is the question in our hearts. Will I be the hero of my own life? It may have been worded differently for you. It was for me. For me, it sounded more like, what will I be when I grow up? And deep in the mystery of our childhood and then of our adolescent heart was a profound belief that whatever it turned out to be, whatever I would become when I grew up, I would be excellent at it. I would excel. I would make something of my life and it would be splendid. I would be its hero. This was the sentiment at the heart of a conversation I had nearly now two decades ago when an employee of a very large aerospace manufacturer in Fort Worth, Texas came up to me. We had done a visual thinking seminar And we had been engaged for about a day. He came up after the seminar. I'll call him Ted. And we had a conversation. Ted had started at that firm about 27 years before, fresh out of high school. His dad worked there before him. And Ted told me that as a kid, he would stand in the backyard and see fighter jets cut white streamers across the sky. And he was thrilled. He said he remembered being thrilled to my bones. Those were his words, knowing that someday he would join his dad in making those magnificent flying machines so slick, so fast, so perfect. He recalled even saying to himself, I'm going to make those fighter jets when I grow up. I'm going to do that. That's just what I'm going to do, just like my dad. And fresh out of high school, he went up to the door of that great aerospace company and asked to be hired, and he was hired. And he said to me, Gwendolyn, I went in to be a hero. I wanted to do something great. That was 27 years ago. And he looked at me dead in the eye and asked, what happened? What happened? That's all he said. I looked at him, he looked at me. I saw a fine person, but I knew that Ted wanted me to look deeper. He wanted to see, he wanted me to see the hero that was still inside, waiting to get out. I looked, I was silent. What would it be like if part of the job description for every CEO, president, plant manager, manager, and supervisor was to help employees find and manifest, express the hero within How would that change the definition if you are one of those present plant manager, supervisor, manager? How would that change your own job description? How would that change you? What would happen if you took this on? What would happen if you committed to helping each person who reports to you become a hero in their own work? What part of your current job would stay the same? What part would have to change? What part of you would have to change? 
how does a manager help people realize the transformative, may I say the transcendent dimension of themselves? How does this happen? You know, in my view, in my experience, this is about, this is a matter, pure and simply, of identity. In my view, work culture is identity's mirror. The power to transform a traditional top-down culture into one that is empowered rests on the issue of identity, of who you think you are and who you think the other person is. The deepest cultural change begins at this level. It's the foundation, our beliefs about identity. And I've always said that a culture is aligned when I know that I am you. Shifting people's identities, the, the beliefs about identity, doesn't happen overnight. But I do know that it is most easily accomplished by making the process as tangible as possible. So managers have to discover ways to translate new beliefs about who people really are and who they think they are into a concrete system of principles and methods and tools and behaviors, methodology, principles and practices, behaviors. And in addition, I'm just kind of mapping out the outline of what needs to be in place for this change to happen. And any one of these things can stop an organization if it isn't in place. People need time, for example. They need time. That is not work. That is not production time. That is not me assembling, me fabricating, me machining, me typing, me writing me filling out reports. They need time. I call it improvement time. That's something that needs to be structured in behind the scenes by management. Time for people to improve. And it's very important. I'll get to that in a moment. This time represents opportunity. They also need permission. They need to know that that the kind of change we're describing is valuable. And they need to have some kind of model or understanding of the behavior that will lead them to shift into this higher understanding of their own selves, the hero within. I have never been successful in helping people realize the hero within just by talking, just by encouraging, just by supporting. Communicate what? Encourage what? Support what? I have found through my years, (laughs) my decades in doing visuality that you must offer, create a structure within which that change can be contained and advanced. It's a very important change. I've also found that the change is most powerful when it happens on the value-add level, not exclusively Because the same kind of shift in identity, in dimension, can happen for CEOs and plant managers. But I have found that it is most revolutionary for the company when it goes either in parallel or, to begin with, on the value-add operational level. Because that is where the power is least, and that is where there are the most amount of, the most number of distortions about people, misbegotten beliefs that that are part and parcel of the company's current work culture. It is here that implementing visuality in the workplace can be such a potent force in transforming the entire enterprise and with it the work culture that every enterprise must express. So while we are working operationally in the visual workplace with changing the physical workplace. If we implement with the hero in mind, in a moment I'm going to call that the I, the hero in mind, we will also make a mighty change in the work culture. 
And I want to talk to you about this a tiny bit technically in terms of the language of the methodology. But I'm going to do that after the next break. So we're going to slide into a break now, and I'll be here when you get back. Thanks. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is our third segment of our show today. And we're kind of uh, walking through at a somewhat comfortable pace this whole idea of the hero within. I found a wonderful quote in preparing for this show from uh, a gentleman, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who comes from the early, early days of our country. He was living, I believe, in the Boston, New England area, and we're looking at the 1700s, 1800s, and uh, he was a poet and a writer, and he said this about heroes. He said, a hero is no braver than an ordinary man, but he is brave five minutes longer. <laughs> Isn't that great? A hero is no braver than an ordinary man, but he is brave five minutes longer. That was Emerson. And just before the break, we were talking about the importance of structuring in the opportunity to become, to shift into a different kind of person as part of the company's plan, if you will, for cultural alignment or cultural empowerment. And I was saying that visuality is the perfect vehicle for making this switch. And I'm about to kind of build the case by looking at the methodology. And at the very heart of the methodology of workplace visuality, whether for a CEO or an operator or a supervisor or a marketing VP, doesn't matter, is the I. It's what I call the I-driven approach. This isn't the I that you see. E-Y-E, but it is the I meaning you, meaning me. And unless you are a very first-time listener to my show, you have heard me talk about this a lot and talk about what I'm about to discuss now, the two driving questions, the two questions that drive workplace visuality. These are fundamental at the very heart of this methodology, and that is the two 
questions are, what do I need to know and what do I need to share? That I is you. And that I is the key to visual thinking, but also to the development of the I into a much larger and more complete contributor and person. What do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work? That's the first question that drives visuality. You find the answer, you turn it into a visual device. And the second question is, what do I need to share? What do I know that other people need to know that I need to share so they can do their work? So they can do their work more completely, more safely, more on time. What do I need to share? The I in both these questions is a way of, it's a, it's a technical way of finding and eliminating the enemy whose name is motion and all of that. But I want to talk to it. I want to talk to you about the I, talk about it from the point of view of creating a work culture focused on improvement. These two questions, the need to know and need to share, are key to that. In both, the energy and the power of the I are the driving force. Once that I is systematically engaged, heroes are not far behind. Need to know, need to share happen in sequence. If you have a certain kind of work culture, need to know works perfectly. It's asked and answered, visually answered, cycle after cycle, time after time. If you have a veteran workforce, you'll find that you are better off beginning with need to share because basically a veteran workforce doesn't need to know anything. They're very good. There's a lot of tribal knowledge. And the base of that makes it very difficult to even understand that I, that anyone would have, anyone like me would have a need to know. But this is what happens. We begin to answer that question the need to know or need to share. And one of the pieces that comes out almost immediately, fundamentally, and hang with me on this because it'll be a while before we get back to the hero. I want to kind of explain the mechanics of these two questions at the beginning on the operator level is that you're going to answer the where question. Whether you take it from the point of view of I need to know this or I need to share it, it's where things are. This is the fundamental question that is answered in workplace visuality on the value-add operator level, and it has to be there. And as a result of answering those questions and turning them into visual devices, the where question, the work area becomes populated with dozens of devices that answer that question. Borders, addresses, ID labels, where? Differentiation in borders, differentiation in addresses. We now have a reservoir, a resource of 19 different types of borders, which someday I'll walk you through, and over a dozen types of addresses. This means types. They function slightly differently. And what happens as a result of the visual wear, and I will tell you that if you're an operator, the operator thinks that they have completed about 90% of the journey to a visual workplace. In fact, the visual wear, what I sometimes call visual order, or you might call 5S on steroids, represents about 12 to 15 to 18% of the overall visual outcome that every company needs. But there's something else that happens as a result of putting the visual wear in place. I, what do I need to know? What do I need to share? And it is of equal power as simply answering that question in terms of getting work done. The second piece is the cultural conversion, the socio-leadership dimension of the enterprise. For the purposes of this discussion, I say it this way. What the operator gets out of the visual wear, his first response to what do I need to know? I need to know where things are. Or what do I need to share? I need to tell people where things are. Is a sense of control. It sounds like this. I am control. I am in control. I am in control of my corner of the world. 
This is a mighty occurrence. When an operator states, I am in control of my corner of the world and actually feels that control, you can confidently predict that that person in his or her own way is on the way to becoming a steady improvement contributor, a genuine citizen of the organization, an authentic member of what will become a high-performing team, even if that team is not yet formed. That sense of control over one's corner of the world is the first step in mastering the rest of the physical landscape of work, but it is also the first step in creating margin inside that person, in creating a little bit of space where that person can be at rest and in that rest can grow. Control means I don't have to scan the perimeter 100,000 times a second which is by estimates of some brain scientists, how often we scan the perimeter. Not consciously, but automatically. For those, this sense of control and this sense of rest is their first experience, for, for many people, of any degree of mastery in the world of work. And from that standpoint alone, it is a revolutionary personal breakthrough because slowly control becomes confidence, confidence in one's own ability to address the world of work and to master it. And this confidence and sense of control as the visual wear spreads from individual to individual, from area to area, a trust in the company itself begins to emerge. These shifts in personal, these shifts, I should say, in personal identity lay the groundwork for self-leadership, for resourcefulness, and for high levels of engagement and connection that do describe high-functioning, high-performance teams. But I want you to look closer and notice what I mentioned in passing before that this simple level of the beginning of mastery creates margin within us, space. Space within which we can grow. We cannot grow. We cannot change except to explode when we have a great deal of pressure on us. We cannot shift. We can just push back when we have a great deal of pressure on us. It's a completely different behavioral set. And unless you have lived through it, it may be hard for you to believe that the simple act of installing the visual wear can engender leaders where before there were none. Yet I have witnessed this repeatedly. The journey into visuality has changed me, has changed the people I work with, has changed the organization, the social fabric, and the performance fabric of work. Simply put, (laughs) the liberation of information is the liberation of the human will. When the human will is liberated, it is free to align with any purpose that makes sense to it. The liberated will normally chooses to align with the corporate will, the corporate intent if excellence is at the heart of that enterprise. Mm -hmm. But when we liberate information, and that's what we're doing, you may see 5S as lines and labels. But man, I mean, I've spent three and a half decades in all forms of 5S and visuality, and I see it as information, as a language that we, that you, that we are embedding. And that language lifts the burden of remembering, lifts the stress of forgetting, lifts the stress of making a mistake because we forgot something small. 
the difference between 2086A and 2086B. There's one little attribute that changes on these parts, and I didn't see it, and I machined the wrong thing, or I put the wrong chemical in the mix. I made a mistake. Not only am I in trouble, but I feel compromised within because I failed for want of a horseshoe nail. You know that long story, that long poem about the king who lost the war, who lost the battle, who lost the war, that lost the war because the horse had a loose horseshoe because one nail was missing. That's the way it's like. That's what it's like. The king goes into the battle to be the hero. And instead, because one nail is missing, he loses the battle. He may even lose his life in these dramatic heroic stories. So let's slide into our next break, our final break of this show. And I'll be here when you get back. And I'm going to try to kind of put this into a shape so that we can build on it next week. We'll have a series. Thank you. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. We're in our fourth quarter, our fourth segment of our show today on the Visual Workplace, and we are talking about the hero within and how eye-driven visuality begins to surface that hero and make it a common and a regular part of our work day, we begin to exercise the eye inside of us and we gain control of our corner of the world through visuality. Our identity shifts. It doesn't shift overnight, but it shifts. We create margin in our own brain and our own psyche and we actually become a larger, more complete person, a, whole, a more whole person, you could say. Mm-hmm. This is the power of visuality creates this margin within us, this space within us by relieving the stress of the minutia, the busyness that is constantly plaguing our lives. We can't get our work done because one tiny thing is missing or one tiny thing is not known. We begin to build an array. We populate our work area with visual devices, visual devices that are there to help us. And we do this across three shifts. 
So my question might not be your question. You may answer a different question through visual devices because you're on first shift and I'm on third shift. And if you answer that question that is the same as mine through a visual device, I can use that. But I might have also a different question. And by the way, because I can feel your brains going there now, it naturally goes there, how do you deal with three shifts? There is a model for this, and I spoke about it about a year and a half ago. I will speak about it again at the end of this particular sequence. So it should be in either two more shows or three more shows. I'll talk about what's called the ownership model. How do you create ownership across three shifts when you're working in the same physical landscape? How do you get people to agree without engaging in very long, protracted, tiresome consensus processes about whether or not the border for my um, pliers should be on my left or my right. So we'll talk about that. We will definitely talk about that. There are all these different physical models around the visual workplace because it's a physical change. So... I was saying before the break, when you liberate information and when we embed information into the living landscape of work, we are liberating it. That information becomes available to us, to pull to us at a glance, at a pull, anytime and every time we need it. When we liberate information, we take a tremendous burden off of the human psyche. The way that I put it is we liberate the human will. And when that human will is liberated, it is free to grow, to grow, to become something greater in its own eyes. Joseph Campbell said, you are the hero of your own story. He's a great guy, Joseph Campbell. I call him Joe. (laughs) Joe Campbell doesn't seem right, does it? You are the hero of your own story. And that's what I'm saying. We can do this at work with some shifts in our understanding and recognizing the tremendous power that is in each of us. This is a business benefit. We are talking about the business case here, liberating information and as a result, liberating the human will so that the human will can then align with the corporate intent. Mm -hmm. So let me just do a little summary You recall our story at the beginning of the show today about Ted. Ted was like most young people. When they show up up for work for the first time, he felt the hero within wanting to get out. He couldn't help but bring it along everywhere he went. Years went by and the connection with that hero faded. We say people change. Indeed, most people in the workforce who have worked for more than a few years, are not exactly who they were when they began. Most get pretty beaten up and bruised. Not all, but most. Let's just say some. Some get beaten up and bruised by the experience we call work. We're going to pick up that theme next week when I talk about the journey of the eye and the need to know, need to share a little bit more. But at the core of each of us is this deep and abiding yearning to contribute, to become heroes at work. We want to master, as I said before, we want to excel. In visual thinking, we deliberately look for ways to make each individual, each person, independent and singular. Visuality, to begin with, is not a team sport. We make it independent and singular. This is not a denial of teams and their importance, but their foundation. Teams are made up of individuals. And the first step in creating high-performing groups, in my experience, groups that share a common purpose and work consistently and conscientiously in concert to support corporate values and grow the business, have very strong, well-developed eyes. I call this approach that develops the eye eye-driven. And it is at the heart of what makes workplace visuality produce such powerful leaders, but also powerful bottom line results. At first glance, the eye-driven approach seems counterintuitive, the very opposite of the team-based work culture that so many companies rightly seek. But in fact, eye-driven is a step in exactly 
the right direction, that direction, an indispensable step, first step towards an aligned, unified work culture. To make a hero's contribution, we must find the margin on the inside of us to contribute on the outside. In my work, I've learned that that margin almost always surfaces when people feel control, some degree of control. Control over what? Control over their corner of the world, their work. But so many of us, as I said earlier, get overwhelmed by everyday struggles, by the busyness. And if you look at the vast majority of that struggle, you will see that it swirls around missing information, missing answers, or answers that are incomplete or incorrect or simply too late or not there at all. So many of these questions, so many of these questions, they are both asked and they are unasked. Missing information and misinformation floods flood our day. And as a result, instead of expanding and contributing to enterprise excellence, we shrink and focus instead on simply getting through the day. Day by day, every day, the daily grind. Everything is a struggle over which we have no control. You see? So what I am saying is, if you want heroes at work, and one way to look at that is self-leaders, people who are willing and capable of not only taking responsibility, but of being held accountable because they want to be held accountable because they feel in control. We have to give that control. And I'm sorry, but I've never been able to work this. I'm apologizing to those of you who are great proponents of team-based exercises such as Kaizen Blitzes. I have never been able to work this except through individuals. And so we begin to make this shift towards the hero within through eye-driven visuality. And we launch on the operator level where the power is least. We find a way to correct that imbalance. We invest in operators by design. With choice, we give them choice. A kind of unfettered power to create through the language of visuality. We all want to be heroes. We want to and will do the right thing because it's our nature. So, this is the first in a series. This might be an extra two shows. It might be three. But I want to cover this in some depth. And um, I've really enjoyed our time together today. And I'm going to say, let the workplace speak. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off. See you the next time. appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.